And now, a real story from a real soldier. It's the Soldier Stories Podcast on Facebook and Twitter at Podcast Soldier. This week's Soldier Story begins. It is time for another Soldier Stories Podcast. And uh, my name is Fife. I'm the host of the show. And I have a special guest host this week. Uh, you won't be in on all of them, but the ones you can be in, my wife will be in on this as well, Kat. Hello. Um, so you, at one point, were actually going to go into the Air Force. Correct. Right. And what happened? Oh, um, I mean, I was in high school and my best friend was going to go too. And I was like, oh, well, she's going. I should go. Oh, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> plus, you know, my dad was in the military. He was in the army um, getting out of high school. And... and, you know, right before I was like, oh, I should sign up for this. My dad was like, do you really? Was like, is that I don't, I don't know if you should do that. <laughs> um, I I'm real short. I do have asthma and also flat feet, so they would not have accepted me anyway. But yeah, I just I'm not a morning person. Yeah. I think there would have a lot of been a lot of things that I wasn't good at. I don't think you'd be great with authority either. No. Well, we have our next guest for the Soldier Stories podcast in today, and his name is Jesse Valley, and you are part of the Army National Guard. Were you based out of Marinette? Yeah, that is correct. Okay. Now, uh, first of all, welcome. Thank you. I, I hope that you are feeling comfortable about this. Yeah, for the most part. All right. Well, we're going to just have a conversation, just talk a little bit about uh, your life before the military and, of course, your time in the military and then readjusting to civil, you know, the out of the out of the military and into civilian life. So uh, let's first talk about where you grew up. All over the place. <laughs> I was born in Anchorage, Alaska, Elmendorf Air Base. My father was a chopper mechanic, uh, was... Grew up there until I was around seven when my sister was born. Then we moved back down to Baronet. My mother was originally from there. Okay. Uh, grew up there until 18, actually. So you were actually born on a base. Yes, I was. And uh, that just that's not something that a lot of people get to say. Nope. My birth certificate is not normal by any means. Really? Yeah. So it, what's the a, difference between a normal birth certificate and then yours? It's essentially a military document. And if... How yours says it's like the city of wherever you're from. Mm -hmm. Mine has pretty much name, rank of my father, wow. my mother. Um, I have my my footprints on there, but wow. for the most part, I cannot get that copied. Wow. So if I lose it, I can't get it again. So in other words, you're keeping that, I'm guessing, in a lockbox yes. somewhere at the bank, <laughs> making sure it don't get lost. All right, so you were born on a base, and then you lived in Anchorage, Alaska for seven years, and then back to Marinette, Wisconsin. Yes. And uh, what was what was life like in Marinette? Small town. <laughs> it wasn't much to do. Um, for the most part, I hung out with my friends and my family. My grandfather and my uncle were actually in the National Guard as well. I'm the fourth generation. So when I was young, I got hooked and my grandfather would take me to the armory and I would play around. And, uh, at age 11, I had my first uniform. And really? I, I, wow. yep, I would actually stand in formation with them and uh, I cleaned weapons and I was the, the gopher boy. I went for coffee, 
filed paperwork for my grandfather. So you were really like from a young age on, this was a part of your life. Yes. Um, back then it was still an armored division. So I even play on the tanks as long as I had someone to supervise and make sure I don't mess anything up. Whoa. <laughs> um, I'm at- just thinking of a kid crawling around a tank that's actually in service. And that sounds terrifying. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, you look like a trustworthy guy, but at the same time, you were a child. I mean, that's, I think that sounds nothing. awesome. I, his whole life so far, like, who gets to do this? This is so cool. I got to play on tanks. Yeah. The closest to a tank I ever played on was like at a VFW where it's, you know, it's a dead tank, essentially. It's just sitting there. It's like a junkyard tank. Oh, no. I, I played on them. They were live uh, every now and then. They would go down to the tank range and I would watch them shoot at Fort McCoy. And, wow. Um, during the parades, uh, I would ride on a couple. My mother actually one time disabled one with a water balloon. <laughs> All right. Need the story. How is that possible? Please explain. How does, are you telling me the enemy could use water balloons on us? Because that's what it sounds like. With, with a very lucky shot. Yes. <laughs> so um, what happened? Just going down, it was a normal parade. And um, my uncle was a tank commander. And so my mother and our family, we like to pick on each other a lot. Sure. Hired a whole bunch of kids with water guns, and she had a couple water balloons. We, they stood in front of his tank and started squirting at him. <laughs> so he'd play around and direct a turret at him. And <laughs> I think I would have peed a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> even, even knowing there's probably nothing in there that's going to shoot, I think I might have peed a bit at the moment that that <laughs> turret starts turning. Oh, no, it was good fun. Uh-huh. Uh, but my mother lobbed a grenade. It bounced off his shirt, went inside, and it knocked a loose wire. <laughs> oh. And it sparked and just started fuming up. And oh, no. the the uh, emergency uh, uh, fire suppression kicked in and it killed the tank. So oh, no. They had to clean it up and get everything working again just to get the tank out of Main Street. So the parade had to go on around it or the parade was stalled? It, it was stalled for about 20 minutes. <laughs> Did mom get in trouble? Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh mom. <laughs> Okay, so you're you're growing up in Marinette. You're around the military already. Your your whole childhood. Oh yeah, uh, grandfather wanted me bring me in when I was 14. I scored almost the highest in the tank simulator. So you got to play around in simulators as well. Yep. I even though I've never been on a tank since then, I still know the motions on how to load uh, an A1 Abrams. That's really cool. So you uh, you grow up around this military. I, I assume that you you knew I'm going in. I'm yeah. serving. Um, my mother has a, a little uh, yearbook thing that they have for kids, and every year you fill in what do you want to be and all that. Since I was about six, it, it says Grandpa's Army. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so not I, just the Army, Grandpa's Army. Yeah, it was pretty specific. <laughs> <laughs> you knew. That's really cool. That's funny. I had I wanted to be a garbage man when I was six, and then <laughs> There's uh, still hope. You know, I thought firefighter, police officer, teacher, and now I make fart jokes on the radio, so. <laughs> uh, you your whole your whole career path was already planned out at six. Mine was this roller coaster of what the next big thing is. I wavered a little bit here and there too towards okay. high school. So, what kind of a student were you in high school? All over. Uh, I had a couple lower grades. I wasn't a, a complete A student, but B plus, C minus. Who is? I mean, there's very few of the A plus students. I know I was a C student. You okay? As my wife raises that's her why hand. she wanted to be in the chair force. We get it. You're smart. You get it. Smart girl. Rubbing it in. Sorry. She likes to point out I was a C average student. <sighs> C 
C's get degrees. As long as you, yeah, right? As long as you pass, <laughs> that's all that matters. I always thought, isn't C average and then B is just a little above average and then A is a suck up? Isn't yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. That sounds about right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so you're in high school, uh, just an average student, you know, getting by. Did you play sports or anything? Um, I did for a year. <laughs> okay. What'd you play? Uh, football and I was on track. Okay. Very um, cool. I joined football actually right after my basic training. Um, I could actually oh. sign up when I was 17 and my 17th birthday, I actually did. <laughs> so wait a minute, your basic training, you were, uh, I forget the name of it. Uh, you were a part of the ones who on your summer vacation, you went off and did your boot camp. Yeah. We, uh, what do they call that? Split, uh, is it split something? It is. Uh, OTS, I think it is. I, I Don't quote me. But, it, but, it's been a while. <laughs> so, but basically, you're a junior. You're wrapping up your junior year, and yep. then you ship off to go to basic training. Correct. So you came back for your senior year. Yep. And then, uh, uh-huh. then after that, you go into your further training, I assume, right? Yep, AIT. Okay. Like I said, when I was considering that, I was 18. I was a senior, um, and that was scary enough even thinking about it. But you actually did it. You actually signed. What was that like as a 17-year-old? Pretty much it was a, a passport to get out of the house. Okay. <laughs> you know, I can see that, though. There's, uh, I think there's a need for independence around that age, and yep. this was your chance. Well, see, uh, just hearing about my family, we're very military-oriented. We're very proud. And mm-hmm. uh, basic training to me was essentially a summer camp. It, it got wow. me away from my mother, and yeah— I, I didn't want to leave. <laughs> Basic training to me from what I see in movies and TV and what I've heard in stories from people that attended is my nightmare. It's gotten a lot better from what I've heard. Oh, okay. Yeah. My, uh, my yeah, hap- well, the Vietnam era versus today, I'm I'm sure there's plenty you can't do as a drill instructor that you could. My my half-brother actually was in, uh, joined the Army, and his basic training, he had phones every weekend. And it's like, oh. dude. <laughs> Couldn't have that when you were in? I was lucky if I got three phone calls. Wow. Well, let's talk about basic training. Let's talk about this. So you had to sign the paperwork like she was asking. What what were you feeling on the inside while you were doing that? Oh, I was happy. I was ecstatic. I begged my mother to go in on a Saturday to sign papers. And then, uh, and then the time comes to ship out. So, what what exactly did you have to do? Did you have to meet with your recruiter at a specific place? I actually lived a block and a half from the armory at the time. Okay. So, I they gave us a list of what to bring, which was kind of redundant because as soon as you got on post, they they just chuck your bags into a, a closet and you don't see it again. So you end up buying all brand new stuff anyway. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, the 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 whole packing list was redundant. I packed my bags a, a week before. I hopped on a, a bus. They took me to the airport, flew down to Atlanta, Georgia, because I went to Benning, sat and waited for a couple hours for the bus with the rest of the recruits. We hopped on a bus. Now, were all the recruits that you were with, were they all juniors in high school? Was this, the, was was everybody? Most of them, actually, yes. Okay. Most of them were 17. There was, uh, I think, two that were older than 20. Okay. All right. So you get you get on this bus now. Is is it starting yet? Are you getting yelled at yet, or is this you're just getting on the bus and then the fun begins when you get there? Um, there was a um, a staff sergeant waiting and corralling us, barking orders, not necessarily yelling, but barking orders, making sure they're heard. Just giving you a little taste. <laughs> no, mostly it, because it's uh, the airport. They wanted to be loud enough to to know hey. Here. So you get on the bus and you guys make your way to the base. Yep. Well, what happens Office. when the bus pulls up? How does that work? Uh, from what I recall, it, it pulled up. You had a drill sergeant come up. And next thing you know is like you have 10 seconds to get off my bus. 
10 seconds, get off the bus. Yep. I know you were excited. You, you've stated as, as, as much. Yeah. What were you getting off of the, do you remember what you were getting off of the other guys that were on the bus? Or yeah, was, it, the bus? Were they, was, was it a lot of excitement? Like, were people scared? Is a little bit of both? My experience, it was excitement. Um, the tension you could definitely feel. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, one of those situations. So your drill sergeant gets on the bus. You got 10 seconds to get off my bus! Pretty much, yes. All right, so at <laughs> that point, I assume everybody got their asses off the bus. <laughs> yep, we got off the bus, and we're scrambling, and there's about six or seven other drill sergeants barking orders, single file line, stand on the uh, the yellow footprints. So some of the videos you've probably seen, there's actually yellow footprints on where to stand. Um, stood there, getting yelled at, and was like, why aren't you off my bus yet? <laughs> Do they make examples of people on purpose or are they just doing this to get you straight right now? I think it was more of a shock to, to get you in a mindset of you're here now. We own you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you are our soldier. Um, it was still in processing. So I uh, wasn't as much of singling anyone out just yet. That didn't happen until a couple of weeks when I got into my training unit. So you said there's about six or six or seven of these guys that you dealt with? Yeah, we showed up on a Sunday morning and nothing was really open just yet. Well, with the guys you're dealing with, uh, did they do they all stay with you along your process or do they break off and they've got other Sometimes. stuff? Sometimes. Okay. Um, it kind of depended on what orders you signed. Some of them, they had like air assault and... Um, Depending on their MOS, some of them went to a different uh, unit as well. The group that I flew in with, we actually got split up into three different groups. I was actually the last one to get put to a group. And what group did you end up with? Um, M11 Bravo. When you're on a uh, training facility, they have actually schedules and rotations. And if you don't make it, fill out all the paperwork and everything before they're ready, you have to sit and wait until the next rotation. And me being last name of Valley, I'm last on every list. Okay. Oh. Every list. Uh, <laughs> that's probably not fun to deal with along the way. No, during basic, I was the last to eat. And because of that, I barely ate. You get, you, cause you only get X amount of time, right? Sometimes. Because I was last, I was usually the uh, equipment guard. And then the first person that gets done is supposed to relieve us. I would make it to the chow hall and I would sit down. Well, there was also rules if someone looked up or or anyone else in that line was done, the whole row was done. So by the time I sat down, half the time I'd get two bites and you're done. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's horrible. I mean, I guess it'd be a good way to lose weight real fast. <laughs> I actually gained weight. You gained weight? I gained weight. In really? The basic. Well, you're putting on muscle mass, I'm no. sure. No? I gained a gut. Really? Like I said, it, it was summer camp to me. My mother, I I did chores all day long, and yeah. So this was a break from all the hard work. <laughs> yes, it was. That's not something you generally hear when talking to somebody about basic. Right. <laughs> uh, the, the only time it was really a punishment is when I accidentally kicked a drill sergeant in the face. <gasps> How, whoa, 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 whoa. How do you accidentally, in a drill start, this is amazing. Let's hear it. What happened? <laughs> Um, it was during our 4K ruck march. Beforehand, we were drinking water, waiting, and you ha we had a requirement. You had to drink one canteen per hour, and we had a little rope to tie knots and make sure you kept track. We were sitting around for so long, I drank 12 canteens before we even started. Oh. Because I was just that bored. <laughs> and I actually was overhydrated, and 
the symptoms for overhydration is the same as dehydration. So you keep drinking water and you're just making it worse. So I started getting uh, lightheaded and I, my vision started getting blurry and I was starting to kind of pass out. And I alerted a drill sergeant. They told me to get on the back of the deuce and a half. I started climbing up. I did not realize he was behind me. And I went to go fling my leg over the door and oh. I clocked him. Next thing I know, I have my leg being ripped off. <laughs> so you just pulled off? He pulled me off. And what happened after that? It was kind of a blur. There was a lot of swearing. <laughs> was there, uh, you know, push-up punishment or anything like that? That's what you see in the movies. I don't know. I've never been to basic, so I don't know how accurate movies are. But when a soldier gets in trouble in movies, it's push-ups. Usually, yes. Yeah. Uh, at least when I was in. Uh, towards the tail end of my career, they actually told us we couldn't do that anymore. Uh, you can only do corrective actions. What is a corrective action? Depending on what they did wrong. So if they were late for formation, you held them back or you wasted their time somehow. Uh, one staff sergeant had a really good punishment. Move rock from one end of the driveway to the other until <laughs> you made up the time. That makes sense. We could only use push-ups if they failed push-ups on their PT test. That's a corrective action. Okay. So let's just say your kick to the drill instructor's face happened <laughs> in an era of corrective action. What would you think the corrective action for kicking a drill instructor in the face would be? Getting put into the bullpit. Okay. What is this? Um, it's when you get first introduced, they actually teach you boxing. So you know not how to take a hit and not be afraid of your adversary. And lo and behold, I got paired up with the biggest guy, like 6'5", gotcha. farmer guy. And it's like, are you kidding me? He I, beat on you, didn't he? He hit me three times. Each time I blacked out. Oh, jeez. But somehow... And I still don't know how I did it. But somehow on the third hit, I must have just reached up and went for it. And when I finally could see, he was on the ground. Yeah, uppercut him. Wow. I, I had to have hit just right. Wow. I still don't know what happened. But you jawed him. Yeah. That's crazy. All right. So um, you said after you had accidentally kicked him, you were on the ground. You were, were you surrounded by drill instructors all screaming at you or just the one guy? Just the one. Um, we were towards the, the tail end of the, the ruck march. So it was only him. After he calmed down, he chucked my bag into the back and told me to climb in. It wasn't until the next morning at first formation, he pulled me out and he calmly uh, told me, it's like, it's not the fact that you kicked me. It's the fact that you didn't say sorry. And I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't put a dip in afterwards. And I got to try out a new push-up position. Oh, okay. The Spider-Man. All right, explain the Spider-Man because that sounds like a really weird sex move. <laughs> wow. Depending on how you do it, it can be. <laughs> <laughs> but essentially, you, you start in the normal push-ups and you go halfway down, and then you start bringing your legs up to your elbows. Oh. And so it's kind of like a push-up slash mountain climber type yeah, scenario. Yeah, that sounds and hard. It sucked. <laughs> and how many did he make you do? Do you remember? I was there for probably about five, ten minutes. Just doing it nonstop. Yep. They make you count it out loud while you're doing it, don't they? That one I did not. He said, just keep going until uh, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever bumped in? I've, I've asked this before, and, and nobody has yet. And I'm waiting for the day that one of the soldiers that we interview actually says this. Have you ever run into a drill sergeant out of the element? 
where you like bumped it, you know, you maybe your basics over and later on after graduation, you were in a store and your drill sergeant was standing in the middle of a grocery store. Like seeing your boss at the grocery store, like, whoa. Yeah. Has that ever, did that ever happen? Did you ever see any of these guys outside of their element? As small of a world as it is, no. I've ran across the same guys I went to basic with actually overseas, but I have never come across my drill sergeants. Did you ever look them up on Facebook or anything? No, actually. See, that, that the, would be the, the first thing I do. I keep asking that too. This is back in MySpace, though. No, so I it get it. I get it. But I mean, now because it's so easy to look somebody up. Like, would, have you ever considered doing? Like, that would be the first thing I want to do. I looked up. I remember recently looking up all my high school teachers. I, I don't know if I really wanted to. Uh, uh, <laughs> one of them was a psych major, so he played around with our sleep schedule. Oh. Um, you were I, an experiment. I, um, <laughs> another one was a cook. Uh, another one of our drill sergeants was a farmer. He was actually a reserve. Okay. And, and then the other one had a Napoleon complex. So I don't know if I'd really re- want to <laughs> connect with them. Did you ever have a deep moment with any of them where they had a conversation with you that stuck with you, that you you held on to in your mind, that like, you know, down the road you you think back and you're like, man... It made so much sense after being deployed and things like that. No, not in basic, unfortunately. No. I, I didn't have that. It just doesn't uh, happen. It, um, I had more of that with uh, my grandfather. Okay. All right. I feel, I, I feel, and again, I feel because I've never been through basic. I'm not a soldier. I've never pretended that I was a soldier. But I feel like maybe basic, it's about getting you mentally ready for hardships, and that's it. Pretty much. It's to break you down from your normal thinking and to rewire you so we all do the same thing so we know what each other's jobs are. No matter where you're at, you can do it. And so if one person gets put to a different unit, they get barked orders, they know what to do, and they can do it. You call it um, You call it camp for you, summer camp. It was, um, yeah. What would you say was the hardest part for you through the whole thing, through going through basic training? What was the hardest part? Through basic? Yeah. The long hours. My group was not necessarily a very good group, so we got punished a lot. (laughs) Not not as bad as the third platoon next door. They got caught with contraband, so they were... Screwed. <laughs> what's considered? Okay, that's a good question. Now, what's considered contraband right. in the military? Well, pornography is definitely contraband, pretty much everywhere. Yeah, but we- you know what happens when that gets confiscated? Your drill sergeant adds it to their collection, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> uh, this group actually got caught with everything. They got caught with candy. They got caught with cell phones. They got caught with magazines, tobacco, pretty much. Um, soda. They they got caught with all of it. It's funny because they always sounds show like him, those prison shows yeah, on Netflix. Yeah. There's always the guy. <laughs> There's always the one guy that you go to. He can get you anything. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. Did you have one of those guys in your group that you would go to? Like he's the go-to guy to get something you needed a, a phone card or something. He had him. That was the other platoon. They yeah. had uh, medical holdovers. Okay. So. Because they didn't have to go to the training, they could go out to the PX and buy the stuff, and gotcha. they wouldn't get in trouble. Okay. All right. So um, have you ever – was that the only time you got in trouble with your with your drill instructor? Was that, like, you specifically? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was one other incident, but I don't even remember why it happened. I just remember doing brain dusters. Or, I, no, thinking What position. is a brain duster? Uh, essentially, you do not have enough blood to your brain to think properly. So oh. you do a 90-degree push-up. Well, like, 
Like you're a like you're a capital A? A little bit more like an L. So a little bit higher. Oh my degrees. goodness. You, you find a pillar, you put your feet all the way to the top, or in oh. the case of uh, in the barracks, you put your feet on a top of bunk. I can't oh. even get down on the floor to do oh a regular gosh. push-up and you're doing them off of pillars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now usually we weren't expected to do actual push-ups. You just held that position until you had enough blood in your brain to actually do what you were supposed to do. Drill sergeants sound fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh. I would like to be one. You'd probably be good at it. You I are think loud. I would be. You're very loud at times. You're not right now. You you get you actually get quieter when we when we talk on these podcasts. I always notice that you get quieter. You're so much louder most of you the time. You just turned down the volume on her mic. What's that? You just turned down her volume. <laughs> That's the only safe way to get through this without getting yelled at. Well, I think the other thing is because I'm so short, I think that might be a little intimidating. Would you be intimidated by a shorter drill instructor? I had a shorter drill instructor. I want to say it was Aaron Heckel who was on here before, and I believe you guys know each other. Correct. Went to school to see each other. pretty sure he told a story about a short drill instructor that he had. Might have even been the same one. Well, he said you you weren't allowed to look down at him. Nope. And if you look down at him... He would ream you. Yep. You uh, had to look straight ahead. Straight ahead or look up. Yeah. And uh, the drill instructor I had, his favorite position was a front leaning rest. That way you had to look up at him. <laughs> I like that. Complex. Yep. Every time he's like, you know what? I don't want you guys looking down at me. Front leaning rest, go. Okay. So we've talked, we've had a lot of fun with your drill instructors picking on you or whatever. You also were, you, you said you had uh, a bunch of punishments from your, your fellow soldiers that got you into trouble. Yeah. Um, what about the, um, the different uh, requirements that you have to meet along the way in basic? What are some of the requirements that you have to meet when it comes to like physical testing? Two mile run, push ups, the setups, those are the, the major ones. What kind of number do you have to hit for, for push ups? Do you remember? This has been a while. It's probably still, they haven't really. Ch- well, no, I take that back. They are changing the, the PT test, but when I was in, they haven't changed it in like years. Okay. Um, I had to do 52 push-ups, or was that sit-ups? One of them was 52, 42, and the run was just under 16. I think it was like 15, 58. Now, here is another question about that. Was the push-ups and sit-ups timed, or as long as you got it done, you got it done? Two minutes. Oh, so that had to be under two minutes. Wow. Okay. So that was all part of the requirements. And that's a lot of your training basically was leading up to you being able to accomplish those then. Uh, Our morning PT sessions. Yes. Okay. (laughs) All right. And then the rest of the training, they said it was, but it was just more or less to keep us in control. (laughs) So hand to hand combat training, what kind of, what kind of drills did they do for that? You said the, the bull, is it bull ring? Is that what you called it? Bull pit. Bull pit. Uh, so you we had that. Was there any other? We, we didn't do that too often. Uh, I think we only did that twice. Uh, we had pugil sticks, essentially giant sticks with uh, marshmallows on the ends and yep, yep. beat each other scentless. We did that a few times. We got introduced into grappling. Um, that was more or less a treat for our drill sergeants. They got tired of the normal <laughs> stuff and they wanted to do something different. They just throw you guys around a little bit. Yeah, we weren't supposed to be doing that stuff. <laughs> Gotcha. Um, but I, I learned how to do blood chokes, and we did some basic grappling maneuvers. I feel like anything you can pick up and learn along the way could be useful. You never know what type of situation you're oh, going to yeah. end up in. When it comes to war, first of all, there's really not a lot of rules. No. It's survive. But then also, you know, any kind of upper hand you can get, I would imagine you take. Oh, yeah. 
Um, well, this is also basic. We were supposed to learn more uh, advanced tactics later on. <laughs> gotcha. So uh, as far as the, the basic training goes then, how quickly did that, that time frame for you feel like? How quick Mine did it go was by? 12 weeks. How did it feel for you? Was it quick? Was it not quick in your mind? Ups and downs. Okay. <laughs> there, there were some weeks that dragged on quite long, and then there was others that just flew. And this was between junior and senior year. So yes. you got out of school, you went into this, and you had to go right back into school again. Yep. Whew. How was that for a transition once graduation took place from basic training and it was time to go back? You are now a man. Like, there's no way to look at yeah. it. And I, I don't know how teachers can treat you any other way at this point. You've gone and done basic training for your country. How was the transition back? I have way too many stories <laughs> between those two. My family would agree with you. Once you're in the military, you're old enough, you're a man. You can make your own choices. Right. Teachers, on the other hand, not so much. Um, my senior year... I got split up between two different uh, schools. My mother got a new job and we moved. The second school, I don't know if they just didn't like military or if they didn't quite understand it because I had way too many issues. Um, they had a, a zero tolerance policy. Me being in the government, I have a obligation. I was not allowed to get damaged because I am government property at that point. I got sunburned. I would get in trouble. Wow. The zero tolerance policy is if you defend yourself, you'll get suspended. You you are not allowed to throw any punch or defend yourself in any way other than to run. And I had issues with that. And it's like, I, I, I can't. I have to defend myself. Are you telling <laughs> me that somebody had the guts to even try and confront you fully trained by the military? Actually, yes. Wow. Um, it was during prom. I, I, I went down there. Uh, some, at the time, I had a job, too. Another kid I went to school with at the time told me, hey, come out. We'll have fun. I was like, all right. I was sitting next to the wall waiting for him to show up. I'm just staring, minding my own business. And apparently they thought I was eyeballing his, his date. And he came up and started threatening me. I'm actually wearing my dress greens at the prom. And I had blue cords and a couple ribbons and everything. I thought sure. it was badass. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> badass. You, did, you went to basic training. These pipsqueak high school kids right. have no idea. No, what, what was the best part is his backup was this like three foot five freshman. <laughs> that you was know, his backup. That's not a shock to me, though. Do you ever notice the biggest talkers? are the littlest person in the group, the ones that want to talk the most smack, <laughs> want to make the most threats, are the ones you can step on. That yep. always happens. <laughs> My wife's a little short, and she's giving me the side <laughs> eye right now. But it's true. They're, they're always the biggest talkers, so it doesn't shock me his backup was barking at you. <laughs> but, you just shoo him away with your foot. Go away, little one. Go. Shoo. Shoo. <laughs> I, I, I told him, I was like, you really don't want to do this. I am trained to hurt you. You don't want to do this. And my friend showed up, and he had more of a, a reputation in school, and they took off. But <laughs> Wow. So you had this prom incident. Did did it end up getting physical at all? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, you avoided I, it there. I was actually quite adult at the time and I did avoid it yes I have to imagine you were so ready to get the hell out of high school having to go back to it after going into the military I, I, I was I, I wanted to leave in the worst way <laughs> during this time actually I think it was my uh, a year before I signed up that's when 9-11 hit so it was a lot of people wanted to join and essentially was there other students 
in your schools, either either one that you attended your senior year that had also done a program similar, or were you the only one who had done basic? Um, I believe Aaron did. I think there was one other, but we didn't go at the same time. Okay. So you and Aaron were together at basic? No. Oh, you weren't? Nope. Uh, I think he went actually before me. Um, and then again, during AIT, he, he went before me. And then when he got back, he deployed with our unit right away. I tried to meet up with him but ended up getting assigned to another unit. Well, before we get into any kind of deployment, let's uh, – because we have to go through – we have to go through your next portion of training. We got to talk about that. Oh, yeah. So you graduate high school. Uh, it's over. Yes. You can finally leave it behind, and now it's time to take the next step. Obviously, you've done basic training, and I, I assume you have to meet certain physical requirements throughout your senior year as well? Yep. Um, at the time, they made a new unit because most of the units were actually deployed. They made a new one for in-betweens and people that were just joining up, like the 17-year-olds waiting to be uh, going to basic. I forget the acronym. I think it was like RST or STR, something like that. Okay. Uh, essentially, the main focus was to prepare them for basic so they would excel and be able to pass with no Did you issues. go on weekends to, to meet yep. up? Is that how it worked? Uh, same drill weekends as you normally would. Uh, my unit was actually down in Appleton. Is this considered a reserve unit then? Yes. Okay. So you're technically reserve unit at this time, even though you haven't had your full training yet. Yep. Uh, the National Guard, they'll still train you. You still go to drills and... Uh, before basic, I was training with the, the normal units, learning, um, doing all the same weapons qual and same PT tests. In between, I went down to the RSP unit, and we ended up doing a PT test every drill weekend. Middle of December, we're doing a two-mile run at negative 10 degrees. Which is great because it's hard oh. enough to breathe and walk in that temperature, and you have to run it was killer. Oh. I, I was actually fit at that time. I could run a, a, about a 14, 15 minute, two mile, and I barely passed. Okay. It, it sucked. <laughs> but you did it. You pulled it off. I just want to point out, because this just clicked for me, not only are you doing all of your regular school stuff, which everybody knows for senior year is so mm -hmm. much more than any other year, you also have a job and you're doing all of this. I can't even imagine. Like, I'm thinking about myself as a 17 and 18-year-old. Oh, my God. I don't know that I could do that now, being 33. It's funny. It didn't click for me until she just said that. Now I'm going, holy it, crap. That's so much. Like, that's so <laughs> impressive. I, I um, actually failed calculus because of that. Amazing. You took calculus. Let, right. Let me, <laughs> let me make that distinction for you. You were in the military. You had a job. You were going to school. And you took calculus. Right. It, math was my favorite subject. I was actually pretty good yeah. all the way up to calculus. Oh, and man. that's, I started struggling at calculus. Mm. And then I transferred to the other school and they only had advanced. They were three months ahead of me. And the teacher, every time I go in there for drill weekend, it's like, I have to leave for Friday. I'm not going to be in class. It's like, you're, you know, you're failing my class. It's like, yes, but I have to go. It's a, I don't have a choice. Yeah, it's, it's a government obligation. I have to go. It's like, I'm still going to mark you absent. Wow. <laughs> so, all right, whatever. But. That's so insane to me. I just can't believe anybody would treat soldiers like that. Also, it just dawned on me I'm in a room with math nerds. <laughs> yeah. I, I got lots of math puzzles if you want. No. Ooh. No. You guys can hang out. <laughs> Take my wife. Have fun. <laughs> just when I thought I couldn't like Jesse more. <laughs> math. I don't know. Kids like the like my puzzles, so. Oh, God, I hate math. 
It's the worst. <laughs> um, okay, so you are going into your your training now. Yep. What what is your what is your job in the military going to be? I was eleven Bravo. Um, my options were cook, medic, or infantry. Okay. Um, a year before I signed up, they disbanded the armor division, and we became heavy infantry, uh, essentially uh, infantry on Humvees. Okay. And that's the direction you went? You were infantryman? Yep. I didn't like needles at the time, so I figured I'd end up killing someone. <laughs> um, and I failed home ec, so I figured cooking and killing someone, if I'm going to do it, I'll do it right. Now we know the direction he's going. Yes. So when I hear infantry, I think front line. Is that accurate? For the most part. Um, infantry, The one of the main mottos is queen of battle. Uh, so if you've seen a chessboard, uh, the queen can do the most mm-hmm. directions. They have the most um, options. And that's essentially the infantry. We can do almost anything. My first deployment, I was convoy security. Then um, I was detainee ops. Some of us did um, public relations. It, you, you do what you have to do. Cool. So let's talk a little bit about the training process then, because mm-hmm. there is so much that you can do within the infantry. Yes. How does the training work for that? You get a little little taste of each of the things. How, how do they break that up for you? For the most part, infantry, we deal more on knowing the different weapon systems. We have more experience on them, or I should say more time using them. What weapons did you use? Um, nine mil. AR-15 at the time, uh, 203, M249, the squad automatic weapon, the, the, the common machine gun that everyone uses. Okay. Um, I did play around with the M60, but we're not qualified for that. That was more for training practices. Okay. And uh, 50 cal, which was my personal favorite. That's a big boom, right? Uh, very big uh, caliber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the big giant bullets. Yeah. That, yeah, that was actually my main weapon overseas. That would I, I, literally I, leave wow. a hole. If you shot somebody directly, that would leave a, a very large hole in them, right? Yeah, if depending on how close they are. Okay. It would uh, be noticeable. <laughs> noticeable. Pretty much if I shot and I missed you by like a foot, I would still rip your arm off from the shockwave. Wow. Um, that I did not know. Yeah. Well, I guess that gives you a little extra for error. I mean, <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Because if you take my arm off, I'm pretty sure that's still going to incapacitate me. Yes. Wow. Okay. All right. So um, you worked with a lot of different weapons, yep. and um, and also the main difference, um, we had an extra grenade toss. We had to throw three grenades to qualify instead of two. Okay. Explain to me what uh, the qualification process is. Like, what do you have to achieve with your toss? You have to hit a certain amount of distance with your throw. We had practice grenades for like different obstacles, you know, throwing into a bunker, okay. um, throwing it into a um, fortified position. Uh, we had vehicles, so get tossing it into the back of a vehicle, tossing it into or getting it into a radius. They usually just drew out a circle, so you wanted to get the most amount of uh, people. Want to make sure you get into the circle. There was one other specific target I can't think of offhand, but you did that, and then you had to throw, for us, three live grenades. Didn't have to be anything specific. You just had to throw it and not die. Okay. <laughs> Even um, simulator rounds, um, they're essentially just 
flashbangs, but they're supposed to simulate a frag grenade, they can do a lot of damage. We would play around and put them underneath uh, an ammo can, and when it goes off, the ammo can shoots straight up in the air. And oh, That sounds like a good way to kill some time. <laughs> we we uh, upped the ante, and we strapped three of them together one time, and the ammo can split apart and became a, a giant frisbee of death. <laughs> now, wait, is this while you're in training, or is this when you're overseas? Actually, this was in between. Uh, I was a instructor at McCoy, and we did this to pass the time. So. I was going to ask, is there an instructor watching when this is going on and a yeah. part of it, and then yes. it turns out the instructor was you? <laughs> there, 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 there was about five of us at the time. <laughs> I love that it suddenly became an actual situation because you tied three of them together. <laughs> we wanted to see how high we could get it, and we didn't, weren't expecting the welds to break. But those semi-rounds, they actually have percussion behind it too um we would throw them in connex buildings acting like houses it would actually blow the door off the hinges after a certain amount of time wow okay so uh uh, a lot of the infantry training is weapons based Mm -hmm. and uh qualifications with weapons and things like that yes how long did the second round of your training run i want to say six weeks roughly okay and then after the six weeks graduation number two pretty much yes um that was a, a fun day in itself. Lots of torture. <laughs> okay, let's dig into torture that. Torture sounds fun. Why was it lots of torture for you? Um, because uh, graduation day, you're in your dress greens. Sure. Nice, very heavy wool. Yeah, it's a real thick wool because it, it, it's always got to stay. It's got to have that look yeah, to it. You've yeah. always got to look polished in it. I noticed those look very, very heavy. Yeah, it is extremely heavy. You have on you got your slacks. Um, you have on a white shirt and you have your, I want to say bluish green, either a short sleeve or a long sleeve shirt underneath that. Then you got the coat over the top of that. And if your drill sergeant wants to be really fun, you have a nice big giant black overcoat, which is supposed to be for like rain and winter. And you get really warm very quickly. Was it a warm day? Yes, it was. Oh, it, fun. It was June. Oh, didn't, it didn't make you wear the overcoat. Uh, briefly. And is this when you were in Benning? Yes. Okay. Oh, so June in Georgia. That's nice and cool. It's not the heat in Georgia. It's the humidity. That kills you. Yeah. And wool on top of that. Yeah. So it got heavy and you're starting to drip. Uh, We're wearing berets and you get this nice uh, streak across your beret. Okay. Uh, So graduation happens, torturous graduation with massive heat. Yep. Um, um, our drill sergeant told us if anyone yelled at at you, he would make you start doing push-ups after graduation in your <laughs> uniform. And my mother knew this, so guess what? She yelled. <gasps> Mom. So as, as everyone was starting to leave, whole unit goes down, starts doing push-ups in our dress uniform. <laughs> That's awesome. Your mom is a precious jewel, and I thank her for that. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so you, you graduate. Uh, now, do you get a little time to yourself before you have to report anywhere? Are you going back to, to report back to Marinette? Yep, you, you go back to your home unit. Uh, you report back to the unit that you are assigned to. I had 14 days to report back to them. And so you had a little time to see family and friends? Well, I pretty much had the time, all the time I had. Um, being National Guard, you're, it's not like you're going to an Army base. It, it was literally a building two blocks from my house. Okay. Um, you just report in to the recruiter, tell them, hey, I made it back safe. Okay. 
All right. Show up to next drill weekend. <laughs> All right. So now you're on reserve. Yes. And how long does that last before you ended up actually being deployed? Um, I had to go and I attempted to deploy with my unit because they left a month before my graduation. So I tried to join up with them. And every month I kept telling you, you're on the next list. You're on the next list. I think it was six or seven months later, I finally, they told me, it's like, you're going to go with this other unit. It turned out to be Charlie Company 121 uh, out of Sussex. All right. I think this is a good place to leave the first podcast and we'll uh, start the second podcast with your deployment if that works for you. That works for me. All right. This is the Soldier Stories podcast. My name is Fife. My wife is here co-hosting today as well. Kat, thank you. Thank you. And then, of course, we have Jesse here. We've been sharing his story. Jesse Valley, uh, out of Marinette, uh, born on an Air Force base <laughs> in Al- Alaska. Correct. It's crazy to me. It's so cool. Uh, and we're going to be chatting with him again in the next uh, portion of this podcast.